Cruise Control streams live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast episode's information. This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. And welcome to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Fred Staub and Les Jackson here. We are ready to give you a great hour of information about what's going on in the automotive industry and maybe some tips if you're heading out to look for a new vehicle. We'll tell you about that. Got a great study coming up that we're going to tell you about. But first, we're starting with some news that you want to listen up to if you aren't own certain vehicles, and we'll tell you which ones they are in a little bit. A new airbag recall means 67 million vehicles are headed back to the dealers to get those bags yep. swapped. Here we go again. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll tell you what we know. Um, it's going to happen, though. And uh, you're probably wondering, what are the most dependable cars and trucks money can buy? <laughs> all right. Well... Hey, and, and in some I'm cases, you don't have to spend a lot of money to get dependability. Right. So we'll tell you which ones they are. Something to think about if you're buying a new vehicle, right, Les Jackson? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're going to buy a, even even a used vehicle, get something that you know isn't going to break. Yeah. And uh, talking about breaking, Ford shuts down the Mustang plant to get things back in line we'll tell you what was going on there actually it's good they found errors and they shut it down and you know they're going to fix them up we'll tell you that's right uh, i mean you know you got to respect them for that plus summer's coming very soon and uh, what do you do if you see a pet in a hot car well we all want to be good samaritans and you know for us animal lovers we want to try and save it but it depends on the state you're in you need to research what you're allowed to do yep absolutely and then talking tech gm says it's got a way for you to avoid red lights forever <laughs> and uh, <Uh-oh. laughs> it, it it could be pretty interesting couldn't it and uh i've got an at the wheel review les jackson also of the toyota tacoma cool. Inter- interesting time here because this is the 2023 toyota Tacoma. This was the TRD Off-Road Edition. And uh, this week coming up, we're going to see a brand new Tacoma, the 2024. So, lots to talk about. It's also going to have one of those uh, three-pedal deals as an option. It's going to keep the manual transmission as an option for all three people that would like that, right? That is right. That is right. That is right. Yeah. Uh, airbag recall. We're going to get into this mm. after the break, but should we be rethinking airbags? I mean, maybe some kind of different system? I don't know. Um, it's a good question. I don't know what the alternatives would be, but maybe there's something new out there. Yeah. Well, I did see one company is taking old airbags and making uh, 
making little totes out of them. Maybe that's what you could do with them. Hey. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll be right back on Cruise Control. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Well, we thought this was kind of not, uh, you know, not going to be discussed much anymore after the years that we were talking about airbags, but no such luck. A new airbag recall, as we said in the opening, 67 vehicles, million vehicles, yeah, uh, are going to be going back to the dealers for an airbag recall. And this time, well, let's talk about it. Uh, yeah. These are not Takata airbags. No, somebody, a uh, company called ARC, ARC, and here's what it affects. It is GM vehicles, Buick Enclave, Chevy Traverse, GMC Arcadia from 2014 to 2017, and the modules were are going to be replaced. Uh, the ARC Automotive Inc. company, the dealer, will replace the driver airbag module. Um, and this this comes from uh, a crash that happened in March of a 2017 Chevrolet Traverse in which the front driver airbag inflator ruptured during deployment. And uh, I believe the person got some facial injuries. But uh, uh, yeah, and, and there have been uh, seven ruptures uh, of these airbags in the in the last however amount of time um but the so um, by, which interesting i don't know uh, anything about arc but the fact that it's in tennessee kind of tells me that that uh the, you know airbag inflators basically are rocket fuel mm -hmm. and there's a lot of rocket technology in in the tennessee um kentucky area Okay. So I would think it's an offshoot of some of those researchers. Uh, anyway. Interesting concept. Um, yeah. And one driver was killed in Canada. Wow. Well, I mean, you and I were just talking about this during the open. Should, should we start thinking about a different, a completely rethinking the airbag? I mean, there's been so many problems with these things. You would think after that, I don't know what they're doing differently now after all these recalls. Obviously, they changed the propellant. Obviously, it's got to be made that it doesn't create a shrapnel situation. I mean, that's right. So what do you think? Well, um, OK, I'll give you this the simple answer um, in the future when all vehicles are autonomous, they won't crash. They don't need an um, airbag. You won't need one, but that's not soon. Um, and the other thing is airbags have been mandatory since the early 90s. Mm -hmm. So they're 30 years old, some of them. Yeah. That's not good. No, and you would think uh, that they know how to make them. You Well, we used to think that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Got a little crazy there. Yeah. Uh, now, again, a very, very, you know, considering we have 230 million passenger vehicles in this country, um, 
and only uh, total Takata and these less than 45 airbags have failed like that. Mm -hmm. It's a tiny, tiny percentage problem. But if you're one of those 45, it's not. Well, you know, also think about the airbag. It sits there. It's exposed to the sun. Absolutely. You know, the control modules are under the hood, so there's all kind of heat cycling there. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have to think about different ways where to locate. I, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. Maybe it's time for a rethink on it. And as you said, the answer, wonderful analogy on it, uh, or analysis, I should say, is uh, when you have autonomous, well, you won't even have a car, a uh, steering wheel when you have autonomous. Uh, that, that's stuff. right. So you don't need yeah. an air unless they put them in in the what's left of the dashboard and but you, I doubt it. Yeah, you could create a, a a safety harness that would keep people uh nicely pinned to the seat so you wouldn't need the airbag to stop their forward motion but I don't know. Yeah, interesting. I remember when they came out. Remember, the original ones would hit with such force. It 200 was, miles an hour. <laughs> wow. It's like getting punched in the face. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'll keep you up to date. If you have one of those cars, once again, or vehicles, uh, mostly GM vehicles, uh, no, they, they uh, are in GM, Stellantis, BMW, Hyundai, and Kia vehicles. Uh, the GM re- part of it, covers about a million of those buick enclave chevy traverse gmc arcadia from 2014 to 2017 i'm sure if you have a vehicle affected by this you'll be getting a notice so hey we want to put you on notice and tell you about what some of the most dependable cars and trucks are we got the results of a great new study so stay tuned great information if you're looking for a vehicle stay tuned to cruise control we're just getting started Cruise Control. And welcome back. We're having a little fun during the break here <laughs> uh, at Cruise Control Radio. Thanks for coming back. Hey, it's Fred Staub, Les Jackson, and uh, we've got some great information here uh, from iccars.com. They, they are really, they always seem to put together some great studies, and it's great information, so we like to bring it over to you in case you're looking for a vehicle. Uh, the longest-lasting, most dependable cars and trucks. And uh, where to begin? They really break it all out. Um, for Well, we should, we should break out, you know, sedans, SUVs, trucks. Okay. And then they have an overall list, too, of cars. Well, true. But likely to last 25, yeah. 25 miles. 200 miles. <laughs> 250,000 miles, right? So what do you let's start with pickup trucks. That's that's always something people crow about, isn't it? Okay. Now, you would expect a pickup truck pretty much all of them to well maintained to last a quarter million miles. I would say so. It's a heavy duty thing. Yeah. Pretty basic some sometimes. Yeah. And you know, the 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 least uh, likely one, uh, which is still better than average, is the Nissan Frontier. Yeah. Cadillac Escalade EXT. Boy, when's the last time you saw it? That was the Avalanche, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that was the Avalanche, and it's about the same level as the Frontier. Mm-hmm. 
the Ram 1500, which, you know, is pretty popular. Mm -hmm. Not much better than those two. Yeah. Ford Ranger, number 13 on the list. Ford Ranger, not the one that was yeah. just released, obviously. And uh, the GMC Sierra. Mm -hmm. Ford. And here's a surprise. Yeah, Ford F-150. Uh, it's in the top 20, but it's only at number 11. That's kind of low, isn't it? That is low. What's kind up, of scary. But then it gets a little better. The Ram 3500 and the 2500. Okay. Uh, the Chevy Avalanche coming in at number eight for all you Avalanche buyers. Hmm. What's the last time now, they built an Avalanche? So, why is it so much better than the Cadillac Escalade when they're the same? Less electronics, vehicle? maybe? I don't know. Uh, maybe. Hmm. Uh, Silverado 1500 again. The best. Uh, that's the best 1500. That's the best uh, 1500 uh, out yeah. there. Number seven. It is the best. Um, and of course, that's the 2500 Silverado, the Sierra, which same vehicle. Mm -hmm. Then we get to the Tacoma Toyota. I'll show you mine. There, there's the one I drew. And uh, that's a reliable, well, Toyota. Yeah. Number four. Yeah. Yeah. And then number three, the F-250 Ford. Well, aren't those most of those diesel? Most of them are. Most of them are very heavy-duty pickup trucks. Um, depends if you're going to use, use them with severe duty, like driving them through wet and all that. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to do the maintenance, but they'll last. Number two, Toyota Tundra. People swear by them. Right up there. Yeah, people love them. Mm -hmm. And then number one, no surprise, uh, Ford F-350 Super Duty. Yeah, well, you've really graduated into like a almost a professional level truck there, haven't you? Yeah. Well, it's also upwards of $100,000. <laughs> well, if you're not interested in a truck, let's look at some of the longest lasting cars. Uh, and I am really heartened to see one that's up at the top that is uh, that is related to my vehicle. But uh, let, let's yeah. see. Let's start uh, at number I don't 10. See, I don't see my vehicle anywhere. <laughs> I don't see it either, Les, so i got to no. be honest. Uh, well, uh, I am not surprised. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's run them from 10 on up. Yeah, from 10, Volkswagen Jetta. Mm -hmm. Not surprising, not surprising. No. And, of course, the Volkswagen Golf. Yep. Number nine. Uh, also not surprising, Honda Civic 8. And Acura not, RL, a little bit more surprising. surprising. Acura RL, though, right? That's right. Um, and uh, number number six, Lexus GS300. Again, not a surprise. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Subaru Legacy. They, they last a long time. That is a bit of a surprise to me. Um, Kind of a happy surprise. I'm also happily happily surprised about the Toyota Matrix at four. The cousin yes, to the buy. You have you have the Pontiac version of that and mm. it's just indestructible. Keeps going. Just it's a it's a Corolla. By the way, Corolla came in at fourteen on this list. Well, that's right. Um and then uh n number three, Toyota Camry again. I would have predicted that. Mm-hmm. And Number two, Honda Accord. Yep, 27.1% chance of 
going to 250,000 miles. And then uh, Toyota Avalon, 33.1% chance of going to 250,000 miles. Pretty cool, right? Absolutely. I have a neighbor two doors up who uh, just last week spent uh, has a Camry with 200,000 miles on it. He spent $6,000 to you know, fix it, fix it up. And it typical stuff, uh, suspension parts. Yeah. Head gasket, uh, timing belt. Yeah. You know, but you know, here's the one reason why they wouldn't make it to that. Somebody doesn't want to put the money in to fix it up, you know, right. And, right. or they just grow tired of it and they just want something newer, you know? And, uh, you know, they might say, oh, it just doesn't make sense to put $6,000 into that older car. But some people do. Well, How about this for minivans? Minivans, number five, the Nissan Quest. When's the last time that was made? Man. That, wow. Around 2,000? That has a 3.5% chance of making it to 200 <laughs> 50,000 miles, according to the IC car study. Yeah, Dodge Grand Caravan. Same same thing. 5.1, yeah. yep. Town and country, uh, a little bit better at uh, 6.8, right? That's right. And then the Honda Odyssey, very popular. And that's only 13. You know, all of the minivans are kind of, they have a tough life. <laughs> a lot of Cheerios being thrown around in the a back, lot. I guess. <laughs> yep, yep. And Toyota Sienna, uh, way up there, 23%. Yeah, most likely, 23% likely yeah. to make it to a, uh, a 250,000. <clears> it's a very informative uh, study. Yeah, it's from iccars.com. You can go over to iccars.com and check them out um, if you want the full list and see if your vehicle is on there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, surprise on the yep. F-150, I would say, didn't do better. I am, I am surprised at that. Because um, don't they always say, like, the certain percentage of F-150s are still on the road? Well, but the problem with that marketing is that they always say, and, and Subaru says it, and a bunch of other manufacturers are saying it now, is that, you know, 98, 93, 95% of those built in the last 11 years are still on the road. That's just a mathematical game it, 90 that same percentage of anything built in the last 11 years is still functioning theoretically yes unless well, you bought it, a yugo uh it, well and and certainly not a certain mazda that i own <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh yeah refrigerators you know air conditioners it's, it, it's that's just a it's it's a it's a mathematical it, certainty. algorithm. Yeah. 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 Statistic. Statistical number. So cool stuff. Well, hey, when we come back, we've got a ton more to go. We're going to talk about Ford shutting down the brand new uh, Mustang plant because there were some issues there. We're going to tell you about summer coming and what to do if you see a uh, pet in a hot car. It depends on what state you're in. We're going to talk tech about GM saying, hey, we could have you avoid red lights forever. And then I'm going to have an at-the-wheel review of the Toyota Tacoma TRD off-road. So 
Hey, we've got a lot coming up on Cruise Control, so stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Fred Staub, Les Jackson. We'll be right back. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. Fred and I want to tell you what, uh, well, we're not going to do, we're not going to talk about how to save your pet yet. First no, no. summer, uh, Mustang got, uh, had to shut down their their plant, one of the plants. Yep. Um, and and by the way, we applaud them for this because uh, they want to make a good product. And in order to do that, sometimes something goes wrong at the plant. Yep. And uh, this was the Flat Rock assembly plant in Detroit, and they uh, halted. Well, actually, it was last month. Uh, they'll be down this week. Mm-hmm quality issues they like to say yeah and they named out a couple of them including body panel fitment an electrical problem that requires additional engineering are you listening tesla (laughs) and uh, v8 valve problems that's That's weird isn't it that's very strange yeah hmm I wonder, I don't think they've changed the valves in the Coyote engine, have they? The Coyote V8? No, but I, I don't, well, you know, some of these things, um, you know, the original design on some of these components, <clears throat> their valves might fit a little bit loose in the stems. I don't know. So does it know. still pay in your estimation to not order an early car and let them figure it out? What happens to I, these yeah. cars that were built? Are they, are they the test cars? You know that, uh, you know, won't be sold or. Well, it depends on how many they've built before they find the problem. But I, I tend to be one that advises people, wait a year. <laughs> they get it uh, all. Yeah, well, let them work out the initial bugs. You remember, you know. Uh, our friends of the Corvette team would say, yeah, we make hundreds of improvements every year. Some you wouldn't yeah. even know, but but we make them, you know. Uh, and some you don't even care about. The guy showed me one where, well, if you bend down here, you see this screw uh, has a different kind of washer, but you had to, mm-hmm. like, you know, lay, so lay in the uh, storage area upside down. It's like, yeah. He said, it really bothers me. And I said, well... I'm bothered by those things, but I would never see that because I wouldn't do it. And as long as it's not flopping around, it's fine by me, you know? Sure. Um, but but I guess it's good. It bothered him. He said, I, I wrote this all up. We've got we've to fix this. I said, okay. So, But on the other hand, I wouldn't like getting one of these Fords with a valve problem, electrical issues, and body fitment issues. That wouldn't be nice, would it? It wouldn't, um, and this does happen. Um, but uh, you know, it and and if they've shut down a factory, um, obviously this is a widespread problem they've discovered, and they're going to fix it before any more go out of the factory. Yeah, would it ever be so bad? Do you think that if they built your car, that they would say like, 
uh, all right, do over. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> just build you another one. <laughs> yeah. We'll take that one back. You and, don't want this one. And uh, I'll build you another one. Of course, it will have a different VIN code, but <laughs> I don't know. That would be kind of cool if they did, wouldn't it? Well, it would be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, uh, you, uh, it just, but typically, if they shut a factory down, um, th there's, in this case, multiple problems, but they probably shut it down for this valve problem. That was the main one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but well, they'll fix it. Yes. Now on to the pet story that we mentioned, because summer's coming up. You know how hot it can get in a car. It, it gets like a furnace inside there, doesn't it? Yeah, 140 to 150. Yeah, and pets can't survive in that for sure. But No. But what do you do if you come out of a store and you see a dog in there in distress in a very hot car? Uh, call the police or the fire department right away. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are very, it's an interesting article here. I believe this was on uh, Autoblog. 31 states have some kind of law that is meant <coughs> to protect animals and vehicles. At least 19 states plus Washington, D.C., there are laws specifying it's illegal to leave pets unattended in extreme temperatures. In 21 states, authorities such as police, firefighters, or animal control are allowed to forcibly open the car to rescue it. Additionally, many states have good Samaritan laws that shield bypassers from liability when helping someone in distress, someone being a pet. In the following and 13 states, those laws include rescuing a pet from a hot car. And we have a list of those states. And then there's one, I believe, that says... Well, if you break the window, you pay for half of it if you're a good Samaritan, hmm. which I would do anyway. I, I would do that if I could save a, a dog or a cat. How about you? Or a llama? Uh, I, would, I would break the window, um, and then I would say when the owner comes, you got your choice. I'll pay for half of your window, or I will be the expert witness when this goes to court and and you get charged with a with a serious misdemeanor. Yeah. <clears throat> Your choice. It's a horrible <laughs> way for a pet to Yeah, but but be treated. Uh, they, they they tell you they uh, it's required that you notify authorities before attempting the rescue yourself. Right. Some people make like caught so caught up in it that they start Right. You know, but yeah, you, you notify the police and they should come over and then the, let them do it. Right. Yep. And you have to have a reasonable belief. The animal's in imminent danger. Yeah. If take, it, a vi take a video with your phone. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, if um, it's moving around and wagging its tail, it might be OK. Right. No, no more damage than necessary. <laughs> yeah, You don't cut the roof off the top of the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would. But, um, and and some states, uh, this kind of annoys me, they have considerations for what kinds of animals can be rescued. Wow. Well, what? Uh, the, some cover only dogs and cats. Others refer to animals more broadly. Well, Midwestern states, Western states include exclude livestock. 
Wow. Oh, you're not going to have a cow in your car <laughs> or a pig. I, I hope not. Um, so the big thing is call the authorities. Yeah, and say there is a and ask them. Hey, hey, can I break the window on this? Yeah, get them on. They'll get them you. on the phone and uh, keep them on the phone. Say, okay, you know, I'm going to break this because they'll record it and then you can. Yeah. Use it and say I asked. You know what should I do? And, yeah. Fire and department you, or police should get there pretty fast. Right, and and for those of you that you know need whatever reason need to leave your pet in the car for whatever half hour or an hour leave the engine running and the AC turn on the air conditioning and don't worry it will not hurt your car it'll run all day and all night it will not hurt the engine interesting Uh, put a note in the window saying the ac is on the animal is fine i'll be back in an hour uh some cars you can't even lock though if you leave them running uh, you're right. Some newer ones you can't lock. Yeah. Or just go to places, uh, like Home Depot where they allow dogs and <laughs> yeah. bring your dog in <laughs> yeah. and they allow cats too. I've just never saw a cat in there. Uh, would your cats want to go to Home Depot? Probably. I, I don't, uh, you guys know, apparently they're not. Yeah. Like uh, I don't want to go there. It's dusty and there's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of stuff. I'll wait for you. So talking tech. Never hit a red light again. You ever feel think it's kind of dumb? You're sitting there, at, you know, maybe you're coming home from somewhere and it's early in the morning and there's we're going somewhere early in the morning. There's no one around and you're just sitting at a red light. Yep. It's kind of <clears throat> dumb, right? But you can't go through it, especially today with cameras and stuff. Nope. GM Super Cruise and the upcoming Ultra Cruise are going to have the ability to have you avoid red lights this is according to a car buzz uh patent filed by the u.s patent and trademark office in the patent and trademark office in which gm highlights the problem of current systems not accounting for traffic lights and they say this is a quality of life issue and the ultra cruise that will be on the cadillac celestique will use all kinds of sensors lidar camera radar etc uh, and transceivers for traffic light data to to make sure that uh, the car will speed up or slow down so you don't, you know, get stopped by those lights. Uh, those of you who are really good with electronics could... could <laughs> oh, uh, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> could create your own traffic preemptor. Uh, but which is what the device is called. They are illegal for homeowners to have them. Yes, but uh, I would not share any further info on that, Les, because we uh, are no, gonna, I, we're going to take a break. And when I come wouldn't back, wouldn't it be cool? And Les comes back <laughs> on cruise <laughs> control. We will have a review of the Tacoma. Stay tuned. Cruise control streams live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast episode's information. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Fred Staub and Les Jackson, we are glad you're along for the ride. Uh, We've got an at-the-wheel review. This time, it is uh, from Toyota, and it is the 
TRD off-road. Pretty cool vehicle. Mid-size pickup. Mm. On the inside, uh, cloth seats. Kind of nice, nice style to them. Some piping, some design in there. Uh, they've got a lot of nice things going on in the inside of this vehicle. Great nav system. Les likes it because it's integrated into the dash and it is not sticking up. Yep. Like a lot of I other much vehicles. prefer that. Easy to throw into four-wheel drive with a knob on the uh, dashboard, four-wheel, four-wheel low. It has a safe. That was an option in there. I believe this is because a lot of people are carrying pistols now, so they want to put them somewhere. Uh, the rear glass opens. Always nice. I always like that. This was interesting. Up above the uh, mirror were some of the controls for the uh, all-wheel drive system, including the uh, locking uh, diff and hill descent. But all in all, a nice interior. A lot of common pieces to the Toyota lineup. Rear seat passengers, good rear leg room, and some nice storage behind the seat. Uh, comfortable. Good headroom, good legroom. Not a lot going on as far as rear seat amenities other than some deep cup holders. If you're off-roading, you can keep something in there. Uh, re behind the seat, some nice uh, nice storage. You know, maybe you keep a laptop back there. And then some cover storage under the seat as well. Good to see them using that room. I like that. I like that a lot. And there's covered storage on the other side of the uh, seat cushion as well. Under the hood, ours had the V6, which is an Atkinson cycle engine. And uh, it uh, it did a nice job of moving it along, although the vehicle did feel a bit heavy, I think, with those big, big wheels. As you know, they keep on turning, don't they? Uh, they, they do keep on turning. Great look on this vehicle. Ours was uh, white with the graphics on board. It had a bed extender out back. Um, and the bed, they are made of sheet composite on the inside. So it's not even a bed liner. The interior is a composite material, uh, which is great. So it's not an add-on bed liner. Uh, you flip out that extender. I think these are a great idea for smaller pickup trucks especially if you want to carry sheet goods or you just want to carry a lot of stuff and and add another couple of feet to your bed. I think it's a it's a good way to go. Uh, and just remember to secure everything down with the tie downs. It has 110 volts in the bed, which is great. Another little small storage area. I'm not sure what that was for. A lot of ride height in this vehicle. It's one of the highest riding vehicles I've had in a while with no running boards on it. Goodyear Wranglers uh, to get it going through the mud and uh, uh, grime. Um, Good-looking truck. I mean, this is kind of a pure pickup truck with a luxurious interior, high riding, and very capable. Rode nice on the highway, but it did. It was a little bit of a struggle for some people to get inside of it. TRD 4x4 off-road. You can also get the TRD Pro, which has even more capability. Uh, but this is a nice package if you're looking for a mid-sized pickup truck. And as I mentioned, uh, there's going to be a new version of this released this week. So this is the 2003 version. So if you're going out to buy one, this might be the one you can get a deal on once the new one is uh, revealed. Um, you know, it's something nice about a mid-sized pickup truck. Um, it's, it's It reminds me of the Frontier and the Ranger and the rest of them. It's everything you need, but in a in a smaller package. And the fact that you have four doors and some storage inside is not a bad thing either. You can take it grocery shopping and put all your bags on the floor, back floor there. 
Uh, Toyota, you know, hey, reliable. This, As we just told you earlier in the show, this is one of the most reliable vehicles you can buy and probably will make it to 250,000 miles plus. Four-star overall uh, safety score, uh, four-star frontal crash, driver and passenger, side crash, front seat four stars, rear seat five stars, and rollover five stars. So that's pretty good news. Less good news when it comes to uh, economy, 22 highway, 18 city, 20 miles per gallon. But remember, you are uh, driving a V6, and you are kind of working that that heavy-duty drivetrain and, um, you know, those big wheels. So they they do take some power. But nice to have that 120 volts in the bed, too. I think that it's great to see, and that's 120 volt for – 120 volt, 400 watt um, system available out there, so that you could do some damage with that for sure. The uh, bed is 73.7 inches long, and of course you get the extender in there. Um, actually, the double cab has a 60.5 inch bed, and the access cab uh, has the little bit longer bed. That's the one with the little two doors in the back. Ours had the uh, the crew cab, which is what I will get. Um, the engine puts out, it is a 3.5 liter V6 Atkinson cycle combustion to help maximize efficiency, uh, with, uh, Toyota's D4S fuel injection system, both direct port and direct injection and port injection, 278 horsepower, 265 pound feet of torque. Interesting. This vehicle is built in Baja, Mexico. Hmm. So a truck that is for off-roading is built in one of the big off-road areas of the world. That's a big one. Yeah. So let's talk about this. Base price, 38405 Uh We had the optional LED headlights with LED daylight running lights and black bezel and LED fog lights, $485. I think it's worth it. Uh, it had a bed extender, which on the... Windshield uh, sticker says Beck Extender, which I don't know what that is. They mean bed extender, I think. $300. Blackout package. That blacked out the trim and the logos and the exhaust pipe. Probably wouldn't go for that for $430. The console safe, $359. Um, So all in with destination, which is $1,335, $41,300. 14 for a really nice pickup truck. Um, I wonder now that the new one will be revealed on the 19th if uh, you'll see some deals on these. What do you think? I think there are going to be some surprises. You mean surprise deals? I think so. Okay. Good, I, good I looking just little sort truck. Of feel it. Oh, by the way, what's its load capacity? Uh, you know, I don't think I have that for you. Is that like a half ton or a quarter ton? I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. I'd have to, I'd have to look at that. Um, I just know that it is one of the very capable, uh, off road. It's not the pro, the TRD pro, which is the most capable. And then you can get TRD sport. TRD Mm. stands for Toyota racing development. And then uh, ours is the off-road. So the off-road it gives you that multi-terrain select system. 
and they, you can choose a drive mode to match the type of terrain. That's the controls up above the mirror, such as loose rock and, and all that. Um, but interesting, interesting. Uh, I, enjoy, I enjoyed my time in it. I thought it was a, a fun vehicle to drive. Probably if I was going to use it every day, I'd have to put a step on the side or, um, or some kind of running boards, you know, or maybe those retractable running boards that retract because it, it was a little it was a little tall to get in yep um, I, I know the feeling you know so but once you're in it's nice and the cab is plenty big and uh would somebody that just wants a pickup truck just to figure out you know like always wanted a pickup truck probably they'd be better suited with something like the ford maverick or whatever this is a little bit a rougher version you know for somebody that's looking to actually do some off-roading and then have something that you can use around town but anyway that is from toyota is the trd off-road hey it's time for me to say i'm fred Stobb. i'm les jackson we are going to see you down the road bye Cruise Control streams live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast episode's information.